What's up? It's Eric. And he's back to take you on another mediocre adventure. <laughs> okay, uh, I was good this week. I did it. I actually watched uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. Uh, I make it sound like it was a chore. I love that movie, so I was like completely fine with it. But I did, I did watch it. So we're we're back on track here. Um, I suppose we can start with some news because uh, there's been a bit of news that I've seen since we've last met. So the first thing that comes to mind is um, oh the internet got in a hubba blue. They got all upset um, for the Spider-Man PS5 remastering. They changed uh, the appearance of uh, of Peter Parker, and he now looks like um, he looks like. Tom Holland, well, more a lot more so like Tom Holland than he did before, and uh, and, and and some very vocal people were, were upset about that. Um, I'm I'm kind of like in the middle in that like I'm not upset. I, I don't think there's any reason to get upset. Uh, they just changed how a character looked to make him look more like one that the mass amount of people are familiar with. But at the same time, on the other side. Uh, it seems like a pointless change. Um, it's just wasted money, probably, to to change how he looks. They to, to spend time on that, and then also, like, I don't, I don't particularly like that they're connecting this more to the the MCU because I, I liked that it was completely separate and everything, and that it was that it was that it was its own deal. But you know. What can you do? They did it. Like that's it. They did it. No point getting upset. They're probably not gonna now go and spend more money to change it back. So, yeah, whatever. Uh, Dune, the movie Dune, has been delayed until twenty twenty one. As 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 they do as they're doing right now. Uh, and I think Black Widow has been further delayed to the point where there's been no. Um, no updated release date, which is uh, unfortunate because I want to see that movie. I'm trying to remember what else there was. Oh yeah, Harry Styles is rumored to maybe be the next James Bond, which, you know, uh, I don't know if he can act. I've not seen Dunkirk, and I don't know if he's been in any other movies, but. Uh, if that's the route they decide to go, I'd be fine with it. I think I like. I think a young Bond uh, is should be what's next. Like show him from the very very beginning because they they tried to do that with Casino Royale, but then he was still older. Like, give us like, even maybe give us a Bond when he's still in the Navy or whatever he was in before the Double O program, and then the end of the first movie could be him getting accepted into the double O program or something, you know? Like, it could be something really different. And, uh, 
my favorite podcast, The Weekly Planet. They talk about it often. Um, that that the next they would like it if the next Bond movie was a period piece, like in the '60s. And I agree. I think throwing it back, especially if you're going to have a young Bond or or any any next Bond, as long as it's not Tom Hardy. If it's not Tom Hardy, if it's Tom Hardy, which he was the other like main rumor. Um, if it's Tom Hardy, don't do a period piece. Because I, I think that wouldn't really fit uh, too well. Like Tom Hardy can do pretty much anything, but I think he would be better better set in like a present time. Whereas anyone else could probably be um, could probably be a period piece of it in the fifties or sixties or or what have you. Yeah. So. Uh, what else was there that came to mind? I should have written all this down. (laughs) Nothing in particular is coming to mind. So, uh... I suppose we'll just get right to uh, to the movie. My kitty, my kitty came to visit me. Girly girl. Okay. So uh, as I always try to do uh, before I watch any of these movies, is I try to write my thoughts down before I start the movie because I as I watch the movie I take notes and then my notes is kind of what what the podcast material is and and all that. Um, so I wrote down my thoughts on this movie before I watched it, and what I said was, I really like this one. I know a lot of people didn't like it as much and consider it a uh, retreading of the first one, but I disagree. Uh, as I said in the last review, I think I like this one as much or more than the first Avengers, uh, perhaps because of all the characters being more fleshed out and they're being kind of less unnecessary infighting between the group. There's some, of course, there always is, but there's a lot less than in the first one. Um, in the first one, it felt it felt more unnecessary, too, whereas this one, the infighting made sense to the story. They made it make sense, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but yeah, I mostly like this one a lot. Uh, there are some things I'm not a big fan of, like the overall handling of Ultron and Quicksilver, uh, as well as some other nitpicky things. But overall, having not watched it in a bit, I'd say that I love it. Uh, So yeah, that's everything I had for that. And then uh, we're back to the little little main series game thing. um, Where I talk about the movies that came out before this. And which ones you should have, like you have to have seen um, to, to really understand what's going on uh for what i'm gonna do for some of the future ones this it doesn't really apply to this one uh that much but so like for avengers 3 and avengers 4 uh what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna do two versions a must watch uh if you haven't seen the films that that come before it so like if you're starting fresh and this is like for some reason someone's like you need to watch infinity war and then they ask which what should i watch before that there's that version and then there's going to be uh, one where, like, I'm assuming you've seen everything up to the last Avengers or 
you've seen all the ones, the movies I recommended up to the last Avengers. So like for Infinity War, I'll assume you have seen everything up to in, in, up to uh, Age of Ultron, and then I'll recommend just the movies between Age of Ultron and uh, Infinity War that you need to see, just to 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 bridge that gap. But yeah, so uh, Phase Two, which is everything that followed the first Avengers, had uh, Iron Man Three, Thor: The Dark World, uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. And Guardians of the Galaxy were the all the movies that came out before Age of Ultron. Uh, this may sound harsh, but I don't I don't mean it to be. But I think the only movie that you need to watch, like that's an absolute watch between um, Age of Ultron, the, well the first Avengers and Age of Ultron is The Winter Soldier. Uh, for one, Winter Soldier is the best MCU movie to date, in my opinion, and. Uh, Two, it has very important story points for the entire MCU in it, like that follow from here. Uh, for Guardians of the Galaxy, to be fair, it's not a must-watch for this movie. Like, you don't have to have seen Guardians of the Galaxy to get Age of Ultron, but it certainly is for other movies that are coming. So it gets a solid recommend, and it's just a very good movie. So, <laughs> but. For Age of Ultron, I don't think you need to have seen Gardens of the Galaxy. Um, I'll be honest, I dislike Iron Man 3, and everything that happens in it is kind of erased. Like, all the big points are kind of erased before this movie anyway. Other than uh, Tony's... Like, he gets the arc reactor out of his chest. That's it. And Thor The Dark World is fine. I like it, but the only major thing that happens in that movie is uh, the finding of one of the Infinity Stones, which is talked about in other movies so you could just be like oh they found another one cool all right <laughs> so yeah uh must watch is just winter soldier and uh i'd highly recommend guardians and i would kind of recommend dark world as it will help for later um but yeah like i said guardians will be on the must watch list for other movies that are coming so might as well do it now if you've got the time <laughs> yeah uh so age of ultron uh, came out in 2015, and it is directed by Joss Whedon once again, uh, returning from the first Avengers movie, and I think this one is written by him as well. Yeah, so this one's written just by Joss Whedon, and it made all of the money. It made a uh, 1.4 billion dollars, which you know is a lot. You know, billion with a B. Uh, it received positive ratings, less good than the first one. Uh, on the old tomatoes, it's at a 76% approval rating, uh, with a general score of 6.76. So usually, like, so about a seven. Uh, and then others gave it like 66 out of 100. 79% uh, recommend, all that kind of stuff. So everyone's giving it like a a B range grade or higher, pretty much, and. Um, it's fair. Like I said earlier, I think a lot of people uh, felt like it was a retreading of the first one, which is fair in points, but I think not really, uh, which we might talk about as the movie goes on, or we'll talk about it at the end, uh, I suppose. But yeah, let's get started with this movie. So we start right away with the Avengers theme. Perfect way to get you going. Uh... We start in Sokovia, which is an Eastern European country. 
that I'm pretty sure is made up. I'm just going to say it's made up, and if it's not, I'm going to sound stupid. But yeah, let's say it's made up. And uh, the Avengers are there to raid a Hydra base, which is being run by a fairly well-known Captain America villain, uh, Baron Von Strucker. And uh, we get to see the appearance, the first not after credit scene appearance of the twins, the Maximoff twins, uh, Pietro and Wanda. I like, first off, how they came up with a way to skirt around the mutant thing a bit here. Uh, so we learned that Hydra has been experimenting on the staff, on Loki's staff, and uh, this checks out, So, because we know S.H.I.E.L.D. was trying to make weapons out of the Tesseract, so it stands to reason that Hydra, who was essentially S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, would pick that back up with the Scepter once they lost the Tesseract, so... Yeah. Uh, what I don't like is how little we know of how they did it, and that they were the only two it was done to successfully. Like we, they, there's a one line later about how they were the only two to survive. But like, well, how many people did you try it on? Why were they the only two to survive? But yeah. Anyway, that's just that, like I said. That's a more of a nitpicky thing, and me just wanting to have more information because I'm a bit of a nerd. Um, but yeah, so the, the Maximoff twins. Uh, <laughs> I have a soft spot for speedsters in general. Uh, speedsters are usually some of my favorite characters, so I love me some Quicksilver. And uh, I spoke on Wanda a bit in the Civil War review, so I won't really touch on her here, but I really like her in this movie. Uh, and I like that you see them right away in this. Like, you see them in the first minute. Uh, I also think enhanced is a good way to refer to them, with mutant being off the table and superpowers uh, sounding kind of silly. But yeah, but in this one we start with uh, right off the bat with an action scene as as they as I mentioned they're raiding a Hydra base uh, because they're trying to clear out Hydra and they're trying to find Loki's staff, uh, them being the Avengers, and this lets us see uh, the Avengers as a well-oiled unit. Uh, they work really well as a team now, and it fills in the gap. Uh, thank you, which I love. Thank you for doing that. Uh, telling us that they've been doing missions to find the Scepter for months, which is why they're a well-oiled machine. Like, they've been working together for, for a while now. There is a freeze-frame, like, action shot of the entire team that I do not like. <laughs> uh, I like those kind of shots generally, like big action shots or group shots, but for this one, it feels so stupid age that like I'm just not as big a, of a fan of it uh, yeah but we'll get into some costume updates here because everyone's kind of sporting new threads uh, so Hawkeye's costume he's now got like a coat like an overcoat with, with sleeves and it looks much more like his uh, Earth 616 costumes or the main Marvel continuity costume minus the head mask uh, so he's got no head covering, and it has, as I mentioned, sleeves, where his um, his 6161 does not, if I remember correctly. Uh, the colors remain from the first movie, though, and they're more Ultimate Comics line. Uh, so it's the black and purple, which later becomes, like, later, much later, uh, becomes his uh, kind of main continuity 
colors, but originally uh, he was more like purple and blue. Sometimes purple and black, but he's usually purple and blue and a lighter purple. Um, but yeah, his ultimate look from the first movie's gone. He's now pretty much fully uh, 616, except sometimes in this movie you see him wearing his just like the top that he had from the first one too. So he, he goes back and forth. Uh, Captain America looks to be in a more updated version of the suit that he steals from the Smithsonian, the Smithsonian and Winter Soldier, and it's great. Uh, it's up there as one of his best suits that he has in the entire MCU. Um, so I guess it's also kind of, I guess, like his stealth suit from Winter Soldier, but just not in the stealth colors. It's in his uh, his normal Captain America colors. And then we have Black Widow. Uh, her suit's pretty much the same, but it's got like blue electrical wiring through it for her Widow Bites um, to show that they're powered. And you don't actually get to really see much of her. Like she's like, she's in the movie a lot, but like it's mostly just her face or her standing behind things. Because uh, if I remember correctly, she was qu quite pregnant or somewhat pregnant during uh, a lot of the filming of this. I'm going to double check that. Was she pregnant? Was she pregunte? Yeah, so uh, a mixture of close-ups, concealing costumes, stunt doubles, and visual effects were used to help hide Johansson's pregnancy during filming. Um, I only bring it up because I noticed it a lot. Like, a whole lot. Um... <laughs> But hey, you gotta work with what you got, and uh, they did—they did all right, I guess. Uh, Iron Man, his suit in this one is—it's uh, like more. There's a lot more gold on it than than there is in some of the others. For the most part, I think it's pretty much the same as the Mark Seven uh, from the first Avengers movie. But there is a lot more uh, gold on this one. Uh, than there was in some of the other ones. Like, so it's more more similar to the the ones you see in Iron Man three, I suppose, rather than um, the ones you've seen before that. So if you listened to me and you skipped Iron Man three, then you wouldn't have seen them. So this is kind of the first, <laughs> the first mostly gold one. It's not even mostly gold. I don't know why I'm saying it's mostly gold, but this is significantly gold. Yeah. Uh, so what? So we have the Mark 45 is the one that shows up in Avengers Age of Ultron. Jeez. Okay, no, so 45. He wears 45 later. I just want to know. Yeah, okay. So it's uh, the Mark 43. It's the one you see at the beginning of Age of Ultron. Uh, and it's got gold pretty much all throughout, and then a lot less red. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Thor, his hair is longer, and his sleeves are gone. Uh, he has bracers instead, and it looks like he's some down a little bit more. Uh, but he's also somehow taller. Which is interesting to me. Uh, 
one thing that comes up a lot, and, and it'll be in my notes at random points, which I will say it, uh, is that Thor sleeves and Hawkeye sleeves seem to appear and disappear randomly throughout the movie. Anyway, uh, the raid is happening, and um, Captain America captures uh, Baron Strucker, and he's such a like a wasted character. Like he's a fairly big, uh, a fairly big Captain America villain in the comics, as high as you know some Captain America villains get. There's not because there's not that many, but. Uh, I think he, yeah, he's just kind of wasted because he he gets captured. You don't see him again, and then he's dead. So, kind of sucks. But anyway, uh, I'm gonna say it now too, uh, and try not to think about it too much. But uh, we get a scene where they show us uh, the lullaby, and the lullaby in this movie is uh, Black Widow goes and she calms down. Uh, the Hulk and he turns back into her spanner and stuff and I think it's cool like that, that that they have this way of calming him down I think it's cool and it's good growth uh, character wise to see that she's not afraid of the Hulk anymore because uh, she was very afraid of him in the first one but I do not care for this romance in the slightest um, uh, I, yeah it didn't do anything for me um, and it felt like it was out of left field almost completely. And Wanda, uh, she throws Steve down some stairs and she does like a weird grunge backwards, like skitter through the door. I think that's great. It's very horror movie esque. Um, normally I would also ask how Hydra got all these Chitari weapons, because uh, Tony finds them in a secret room. But they were shield essentially, so I guess it makes a lot of sense that they just took them. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we get a bit of Wanda mind invading Tony, uh, and we get to see some cool bits that we'll see again in Endgame. Uh, mostly just one, but still, we get to see like some a little bit of foreshadowy stuff, which is cool. Uh, but here again, I think we have the guilt and obsession leading to Tony uh, to create the problem in this plot. Like, the, the why didn't you do more line from Steve brings about his guilt again. And the only way he knows how to do more at this point is to build more suits and, like, rely on Jarvis or other kind of AI stuff. Uh, we see it with the Iron Legion. Uh, we see it when he says Jarvis is his number two. Like, Ultron is just that in Overdrive. So, like, it makes, it makes sense. Uh, anyways... The raid was a, a success, except the twins uh, get away. And then the team goes to have some rebels. Uh, it's nice to have some rebels before things get shitties. And uh, Thor's screams of the victims line is hilarious when he's talking to Bruce, uh, which is nice. And when Maria Hill is explaining to Captain America about the twins, he says uh, he's fast and she's weird. Uh, I like that. That made me laugh. Uh, always does. And again, Cat is the goat here. Uh, I love that he acknowledges that the twins are at war, even if S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't or like America isn't. He's giving value to their fight and their sacrifice, even though they are on the other side. Because like for them, this is a completely valid reason 
to to be doing this and and Captain America's like yeah I get it uh, yeah I also like that they have all leaned into the shitting on Hawkeye in this movie and then he still surprises them all like later because <laughs> they all think like we know we know Hawkeye and they don't know Hawkeye <laughs> Anyways, uh, Tony's analyzing the scepter, and they find an AI in the scepter, uh, really in the Mind Stone, uh, which is in the scepter. And I guess that, mixed with what Tony does, creates Ultron. Alright, uh, I would have liked if they even did just like a small mention, or like an Easter egg type thing say like that he stole this idea from Hank Pym or it was inspired by Hank Pym or something just something to give Hank Pym some relation to the the origin of Ultron because in the comics that's who makes Ultron is is Hank Pym for the most part but yeah I think it would have been a great uh, little easter egg excuse me anyways um, Tony's reason for building Ultron is he wants to put a suit of armor around the world uh, peace in his time uh, he wants to do more as, as, as Cap says to him in his little nightmare thing so he kind of moves full force forward with making this global defense program and it and it's Ultron and it turns out to be bad <laughs> um, we also get the first Archie reference of this movie when uh, they refer to Veronica uh, as the way to stop the Hulk, so you know he's his 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 main love is Betty, and then his other problematic woman in his life is Veronica. You know, it's fun. Uh, anyway, we meet Ultron, uh, who's played wonderfully by James Spader in this movie. I think that he's the perfect voice for him. Uh, I want to complain about how much personality he has right away. Uh, but they pointed out how similar his mind is to a human mind, and that he came from Tony's like mainframe or whatever. So it kind of makes sense that he starts with a with a more human-like personality than say Jarvis would or Friday does. Um, the party scene is great, uh, minus the Bruce and Nat stuff. But I <laughs> I won't harp on that too much. Uh, Thor is wearing a phenomenal coat. Uh, we get our wonderful Stan Lee comedy where he gets drunk and says Excelsior. Uh, and then we get to a, a fun little party game with the Avengers. Where, and um, Hill is also there. Uh, where they try to lift Thor's hammer. Um, and everyone tries and they can't do it except Black Widow doesn't try. Uh, and, and Captain America tries. He budges it. And I always wondered if he pretends that he can't lift it once he felt it move or if he isn't ready yet so he so it only moves like a little bit but uh, I looked it up after the fact and uh, the Russos who are like the lead creative minds on, on like the directors and writers somewhat of Endgame and Infinity War I know other people uh, wrote it Mc, McFeely and someone else McNeely and Marcus and McFeely wrote it and then it was directed by the Russos um, anyways the Russos moved forward uh, as if he knew he could move it when he budged it he's like I could pick this up and he decided not to because he didn't want to embarrass Thor 
at the time, uh, and Thor also knew it, hence the I knew it uh, much later. We're also getting some more nice horror vibes early on in this movie. Uh, Ultron comes in all creepy and he's being weird and it's kind of spooky and I like it. Uh, we also get the first Pinocchio reference of the movie. Which is fun because there's no strings on him. And we get another fun action scene as the uh, Ultron Legion <laughs> fights the Avengers and we get to see some more great teamwork from the Avengers and then some more excellent lines from Ultron. He's got some zingy, some zingy quips, which I like. It was at this point of the movie that I noticed that uh, there's a lot of not so huddle sense, subtle sense, oh my gosh, subtle hints, uh, that Hawkeye has a secret. The third one, uh, unless I missed some more, is in this scene right after Ultron shows up. Because he reacts to Ultron saying that he knows all their secrets and stuff. Uh, at this point, when Thor picks Tony up by his neck, I notice that uh, Thor has his sleeves back. He didn't have sleeves at the beginning. He had uh, bare biceps and then the, the greaves that I mentioned. And we get some more Endgame references, uh, where things that get brought up in Endgame, which I like. So there's the... Uh, we'll do it together and what if we lose then we'll do that together too and uh, Tony literally like points at space and says like a space fight is the end game I love it uh, and we get Ultron meeting the Maximoffs uh, the twins and I could do without his wit like I get that he's supposed to have like a Tony Stark-esque personality as I mentioned a few minutes ago because he was made off of like Tony's mainframe and stuff but like the joke about the children like because he couldn't remember the name of babies and he says like smaller people or whatever like that kind of stuff it's it takes away from his menace and I think like it would have been better without that we also get a, a very exposition-y scene uh, with the Maximoffs where they tell their backstory I don't think it was perfectly handled but it wasn't bad like for for exposition but it was very clearly exposition, which they could have, they could have done it in a different way. Um, but yeah, also the twins are so inconsistent with their accent level, like even between each other. Like in the scene where they tell their backstory, like Pietro has a super strong accent, and Wanda's is barely there. And then later in the movie, Wanda's is really strong, and Pietro's a little less. And then they they, they go back and forth on it. Uh, we also get some wonky CGI when Ultron touches uh, Wanda's face um, in this scene. It's the first bit of the movie that looks super fake, and I only noticed like any time I really noticed the CGI was uh, was with Ultron. Um, but yeah. But moving on. Uh all we know at this point is that Ultron has a plan with Sokovia, and uh, that they're going from there. And right after this scene, we get hint number four and five about Hawkeye's secret. So, like, within ten minutes of this scene, we get hint four and five that Hawkeye has a secret. And uh, then we get the scene where Strucker's killed that I already complained about. He gets got by Ultron, and I don't much care for that. 
but we do get the first uh, Wakanda name drop from Bruce. He calls it Wakanada and then Wakanda. And we get to meet Ulysses Claw, played by the great Andy Serkis, um, who I very much adore. Ultron goes to him to buy uh, some vibranium, accidentally punches his arm off and stuff. It's more of his wit, which I'm not a big fan of, but yeah. Uh, we do get another action scene here, though, where we get more future setup of Captain America's story. And uh, the really cool bits of uh, Quicksilver using his power. So, like, he does, like, a slow uppercut. And, like, he, well, he's fast, but you see the uppercut and, like, the slow reaction to it for Captain America. Uh, you see him, like, running to try to catch Mjolnir, which has been thrown, which is funny. All these kinds of things. And then uh, Wanda kind of minds it, mind invades everyone. And uh, I get everyone's mind visions. They all make sense to me. Uh, Widows is the Red Room. Caps is Peggy. Uh, and the dance that he missed, and then all of like the people around him being dead, uh, you know, all makes sense. And that actually is a bit of a tangent here, but that is when I first got my theory on how Captain America's story would end. Like as soon as I saw that, I was like, "This is how I think it's going to end." And uh, that it ended up being mostly right. Like so, go me. Um, and it can be verified because I told many people this before Infinity War and Endgame came out. But anyway. <laughs> Thor's mind vision I don't really get. Like, I'm assuming that they changed their plan for Thor, like, around Ragnarok, because of how well-received that was. Uh, so the vision kind of meant less. And I suppose the words said are accurate, like, the with them all being dead and him leading Asgard... Asgard? <laughs> Asgard to ruin and such. But um, the rest of it doesn't really kind of fit what we know to happen unless like I'm just uh, unless I'm off base here but I don't, I don't know I am curious to know though what Wanda showed Bruce to make the Hulk come out and for him to go rampaging because um, as we know from the last one he's mostly got his anger under control uh, unless something like really big happens so I'm curious what he had seen I'm also confused as to how the Hulkbuster works exactly, like how he controls it. Is it kind of like a small Jaeger uh, from Pacific Rim where like you're in it and you've got controls and you're, like, your arms aren't actually in the arms and stuff because it seems too big for Tony to be able to like move like he does in the Iron Man suit. So yeah, I'm kind of curious what happens there. Uh, anywho, the Avengers... Uh, get into some trouble because Hulk destroyed a big part of uh, some place. Uh, is it Johannesburg? Is that where they are? Yeah, he destroys a big part of Johannesburg uh, and Tony has to like fight him and stop him and the world is upset so they go into hiding and it's when we see surprise Clint has a family and he's also back to having no sleeves. Also, Thor has no sleeves here. I'm very confused about the sleeves. <laughs> but I wasn't really shocked uh, by the family thing when I first saw it. Because um, like I said in a different review, I'm more familiar with Ultimate Hawkeye than I am with normal Hawkeye. And in the Ultimate Hawkeye, he has a family uh, there. 
so it wasn't really a, like a huge shock for me. Um, but I know I've surprised a lot of people, especially those who were kind of shipping at Clinton and Black Widow. So, rip to y'all. Um, but Linda Cardinelli is the best lover. She's great in Scooby Doo. It's a good movie. No, it's not. But I still like her in Scooby Doo. <laughs> also, uh, so in this movie, they introduce a character called Helen Cho. She's a doctor. Uh, she's got this cradle thing that heals people fast, and uh, Ultron kidnaps her to make her make him a body in the cradle. Which, like, yeah, okay. Um, but whatever happened to her after this movie? Like, did she just disappear? Was she on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something? Like, inquiring minds want to know. Inquiring minds being me. So if you do know, and you listen to this, could you tell me? Also, if anyone listening knows, uh, let me know. But I feel like I remember Whedon at the time, like right after the movie came out, talking about how there was a lot of uh, studio interference on this one, and that this wasn't the movie that he wanted to make necessarily. Um, I'm curious to know if that is true, and if it is true, um, what do you think is like what what differs? Like what what was he wanting to make? Um, even though I'm quite pleased with what we got, and I don't really like, I wouldn't want there to be a different cut. I'm still curious as to what a different cut would be. But yeah, just as I was looking that up, um, apparently he said that he made this one, he made Age of Ultron, assuming that people didn't go see the other movies, and he tried to do as best he could with that. And that's why I guess there's only like little hints at the other movies, so there's like a nugget about Winter Soldier and a nugget about Dark World and all that stuff. But yeah, we had another scene with Black Widow uh, at the farm, which is where Clint's family lives, uh, where they tell us a little bit more about her backstory, and rather than showing it to us, which just like makes me mad, like we could have had so many Widow solo movies so much earlier. It, like at this point, if they had just done one after the first Avengers, we could have been up to to three by now, or more. Anyway, uh, there's another scene that's really good of uh, Tony and Captain America cutting wood and you can just see like their pile size difference it's hilarious like Cap's pile is massive and Tony has like five pieces and then he gets called away and he's like don't touch my pile I think that's funny but again we get some more of uh, Tony showing that he really doesn't know Steve excuse me and Steve showing that he really doesn't know Tony but Steve kind of drops the truth bomb while truth bombs uh, when he says What's the, I'm trying to remember the exact line, but it's some, something along the lines of uh, every time someone tries to s stop a war before it starts, innocents die. Uh, now I need to Google it. Tries to win a war. Yeah, okay. So every time someone tries to win a war before it starts, innocent people die. Every time. 
I like that line a lot, and it's true. And Tony gets called away uh, by Linda Cardinelli uh, to go fix their tractor, and he has an excellent pun here when he says to the tractor, "Hello, dear," because 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 of John Deere. <laughs> One thing, another thing, I, there's a lot of things I'm confused about, but what, uh, one thing that I got confused about here, because it's, it's, it'd been happening a lot, and this was like kind of like the final straw, is like how people keep going on and on about uh, Tony making artificial intelligence, and they're like, Tony, how could you make artificial intelligence right now and then unleash it? Like, first off, Bruce helped him make it. Yell at Bruce. Also, second, what is Jarvis if he's not an AI? Like, to me, this isn't new. I just always assumed Jarvis was an AI. And then Ultron was just a more advanced AI. But that's, yeah. Uh, Thor goes off on his own little adventure. Uh, with uh, with Selvig from the last movie, Pop Skarsgård. And uh, it's mostly pointless. I think there's not really I don't think any reason for that to be there. Uh it's only there to come up with a reason, I think, for our heroes to know about the uh know about the infinity stones at this point. But like it makes no sense. Like it kinda comes out of nowhere and it doesn't really fit the story. So I don't know why they did it. But you know, shirtless Thor in a bath, so I'm sure some people really were quite happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh they're in the in the kitchen having a nice little group session. Uh Nick Fury has showed up. And I do appre appreciate Natasha saying that you two programmed Ultron, uh referring to Bruce and Tony. And then I like that Bruce shows off his intelligence and his mind uh, here because he's the one who figures out what Ultron's plan is. And he's like, has anyone heard from Helen Cho in a while? You know that person we introduced this movie with the fancy healing technology? Yeah. Uh, another thing I'm curious about is did Ultron know about the Mind Stone because he created it or is it? Like whatever, like... Like what? Like, you know, not he created it. It created him, or like he is whatever was in the Mind Stone, or did he know about it for some other reason? Because he he knows it's there. Also, if he is the Mind Stone, does that mean he could come back? I guess not, because the Mind Stone was destroyed. But if it wasn't destroyed, could he have come back? Food for thought. Food for thought. But yeah, Tony goes to Oslo because uh, they found out that there's someone kind of helping them uh, on the internet, keeping Ultron away from like nuclear missile codes or something. So Tony goes to the internet hub place to try to find this helper, and he sings a little song that's great. Something you don't want me to, something like that. Yeah. Anyways, uh, the rest of the team goes to China, I think. I don't remember where they go. <laughs> where did they go? 
Seoul. That's in Korea, right? South Korea. Yeah, okay, so they go to South Korea, uh, where Ultron is using Vibranium and Helen Cho's cradle to try to make a, like, a perfect body for himself. Uh, and what they did, I guess, is they started making a body out of the Vibranium, and then they implanted a physical brain into it. Which gives me the theory that, um, so you spoiler, whatever, uh, that body becomes vision. Uh, so I'm wondering if he has a physical brain. That should mean, in theory, they should be able to restore, like, restore him if they have another uh, power source. Because, like, that further implies that he didn't come from the Mind Stone. The Mind Stone's just repowering the body. Um, but I don't know what five years of being stored as, like, a unplugged corpse would do to him. So who knows what's going to happen there. We get a fight scene with uh, Captain America and Ultron on, like, a truck. And I also, I like that, like, Tony, like his papa, uh, Ultron doesn't get Steve. Like, he just says things that he thinks and assumes about Steve that are true. And then, like, Steve's like, nah. It's funny. Because he does it a few times. I also like how the twins turned on Ultron. Uh, it felt very natural. Like, they aren't on Team Avengers now immediately. They just see from this point on that Ultron isn't the way to get what they want. Like, they want revenge against Tony Stark and for no one to have to go through what happened to them. And they link Tony Stark to the Avengers because they've been turned against the Avengers by Hydra. Um, presumably. And then when Ultron comes along saying he's going to get rid of the Avengers, they're like, sick. But then they also find out his plan is just to kill all of humanity. So they're like, not sick. And then, yeah, they're not like pro-Avengers right away. They're like, we're, we'll help you stop Ultron because he sucks. Uh, and it's not until they see the Avengers doing what the Avengers do, being good and helping people, uh, that they make the switch like completely. I would not have mind seeing some sort of resolution with Tony, uh, like to sort that out, but I get why it wasn't really there. Uh, it, it probably would have disrupted the flow of the movie and stuff. But we do get a cool scene of uh, the twins using their powers to stop a train um, that's like barreling down the streets. So, like, uh, Wanda uses her powers to like slow the train down while Pietro moves people out of the way of the train. It's very cool. And we get a great line from Wanda where she says, uh, Ultron can't tell the difference between saving the world and destroying it. Where do you think he gets that? Uh, but I disagree with it. I don't think Tony can't see the difference. I think he just makes mistakes sometimes and then things go the bad way. Like, there was a 50-50 chance that Ultron could have been Ultron or he could have been Vision. Not really like 50-50, but you get my point. Like, it was... He could have gone... You know what? I like, like... I like this idea of using an AI like this to global defense. And then could have taken a second and been like, but let's use Jarvis instead and, like, just work on Jarvis and do the same thing. Like, he just made a mistake in how he went about it. And we got Ultron. Uh, whereas Ultron's kind of just like, let's kill all the humans because they suck. 
but yeah. Uh, Tony convinces Bruce to use the cradle. Uh, so Because they got the cradle and they have the body that's being made in there and everything. Uh, and instead of letting Ultron take it, they're like, let's put Jarvis in it. And then the twins and Captain America show up to try to stop them and we get a fight. And I get to see, we get to see some nice uh, development here from Bruce because you get to see... Um, He's just becoming a like a better character. He's just a really good character in this one. Like I was positive towards him in the first Avengers, like I talked about it. But I think in this one, minus the romance that I don't particularly love, uh, you get to see him like more well-rounded. You get to see the aggression. You get to see the smarts. Uh, you get to see the cost of the Hulk. Like all of it is in this movie in some way that I really enjoy. Anyway, uh, Jarvis gets put into the body made of vibranium, and he becomes Vision after Thor lightnings the cradle. Uh, and they have a talk, and they're like, we don't trust you. And then he's like, yeah, I don't care if you don't trust me, we gotta go. And then he picks up Mjolnir and hands it to Thor, <laughs> and it's the best. Because uh, <laughs> everyone's just like, alright, we trust you. I have my own theory that I think he's worthy at that time because he had just been born. And, like, there is no reason for him to be unworthy yet, because he's just created, and and all he knows at this point is, I guess, like, positivity and goodness. Uh, and I'm curious to know, like, if my theory is correct, if, if later on, like, before Infinity War or after Civil War, if he would still be able to lift Mjolnir. I feel like he might not be able to, but I could be wrong. Um, the other theory is just that the elevator motif that they have at the end of the movie could be accurate. And robots and androids can just use the hammer. Like, maybe he can just lift it. But he doesn't get the powers of Thor because he's not a person. So it's, like, irrelevant. I can't remember if, at any point in the movie, when he uses the hammer, if the lightning or the powers of Thor come with it. And I don't think they do. But I could be wrong, so I'm not gonna uh, devote myself to that idea anyways uh, <laughs> we get a suiting up montage here uh, Clint sleeves are back Wanda gets her red jacket Pietro gets his blue outfit uh, Tony sets up his suit with his new AI Friday and Steve gives another lovely speech uh, Pietro goes to the police station in Sokovia to like warn them and then he shoots a gun in the air very funny because <laughs> they don't listen to him I enjoyed that quite a bit. I also really like that they took the time in this movie to just show us that they did what they could to kind of clear out to kind of clear out Sokovia as much as they could uh, before things popped off. Like, I, I just really like that they, they did that. Um, and I think it really serves to make the Civil War argument that uh, Ross tries to make that they're like a danger and stuff or, or that like um what's his name uh Zemo tries to make uh a little less potent because they did try to minimize uh the damage as best they could they tried to stop the damage as best they could like the argument is still there of course that like Tony and Bruce made Ultron so this is their fault but they still tried like they still tried to do what they could so that nothing bad would happen or not as much bad would happen 
I also understand why a lot of people weren't thrilled with the mini Ultrons fight, because it's pretty much Chitari fight 2.0. Uh, but in any kind of big team movie or event or anything like that, there kind of has to be an army of grunts behind the main villains. So like that there's something to build. Like you build through the grunts to the main villains. Uh, we see them like this kind of thing in every Avengers movie. Uh, it's in the Defenders. It's in the Justice League. It's in like numerous comics. Like there's always just this kind of like big weak force you have to fight first. And then we learn that Ultron's plan is to use Sokovia as a giant meteor to kill humanity. So he's gonna lift it and then drop it. Um, but why did he use Sokovia? Was there a reason that I missed as to why like that's where he picked? Did he need the Hydra base that was there? Which is, so he picked it just to have that. Cause I feel like just picking a random like lost unknown place in the world would have been better because then it would have been harder for the Avengers to locate him. You know? Oh, excuse me. It's, you know, I don't know. Uh, I also really like the little touches that we get to see of them actually like saving people. They're being heroes and we get to see it. Like uh, Tony going into a building to save some people in the bathtub because the building's going to fall over and they haven't evacuated yet. Or uh, Thor and Steve saving that girl from the car. Like, these little touches of just moments where they save people, I think I, I like. Because they could have just not done that. Uh, as many movies just don't do that. And, yeah, I liked it. Uh, we get another great line when Steve says, uh, if you get killed, walk it off. <laughs> Makes me think of uh, She's the Man. Which is like, uh, rub some dirt on it. <laughs> yeah. When uh, Chantino gets the bloody nose. Anyways. I say anyways a lot. I'm sorry. Uh, Hawkeye gives Scarlet Witch like an incredible father-esque pep talk. Gotta put some respect on this man's name. Uh, this speech in his fighting shows that the man with the bow and arrow was there. And I love it. It's just this one scene is kind of like, yeah, okay. This, this is why you're here. And he gives like a, a good line where he says, uh, you step out this door... You're an Avenger. And she steps out the door. And it's beautiful. We get a funny scene too where there's a random cop that shoots Pietro. After they're told to like hold their fire. Funny. Uh, we get to see Tony laying down on the wire again. Something that Captain America said he would never do. Uh, as he tries to bring Sokovia back down gently enough. You know, for everyone not to die. Uh... All help kind of looks lost, and then like it seems like they're gonna have to self-sacrifice. But then, uh, Duasex Samuel L. Jackson shows up with a helicarrier to take everyone to safety, so Tony can blow the flying Sokovia up. And we get to see the little fella from Winter Soldier who stood up to Rumlow is still with Shield, and he's there to help. Good man. Also, I like that they brought War Machine to help. Uh, why didn't they bring F Sam, too? Like, let, let Falcon come and play a bit. But also, how is Rhodes there? Like, is the suit just his now, and not the U.S. government's? Because I'm pretty sure it was the... It belonged to the U.S. government, or at least the military. 
when he stole it from Tony and they, they like took ownership of it. But I guess that could be different. This could be a different suit. The other one could have been destroyed. I think it was destroyed. Anyways, that one could have be gone and then Tony made him a new one. That's just his. But oh well. Uh, at this point in the movie, when they're fighting Ultron, I notice that Thor's sleeves are gone again. <laughs> so are uh, Hawkeye's. I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> we get a line from Tony Stark where he says to Natasha and Bruce that they better not have been hiding the zucchini or playing hide the zucchini. Uh, I don't know how that line made it past Disney execs. <laughs> I don't know how that one got the okay, but it did. And that's that's great. Uh, we get a, another team action shot based around the like the key area where that Ultron's trying to get to, and it's so much better than the one at the beginning because it's, it's like exactly what I'm talking about. It feels natural, and it feels like they would all be there fighting together because they have to be there fighting together to defend this thing. And uh, yeah, show us them in a cool shot. Like yeah, uh, we get some shameless Audi product placement. I don't think anyone in Sokovia would have an Audi, <laughs> but it's there. Uh, we also get Wanda's big hero moment of guarding the core uh, and then telling Pietro to get her last, like make sure everyone is off the island, or I guess it's an island now, but off the flying Sokovia before she he comes back for her. Uh, I think they made it entirely too obvious throughout the movie too that Hawkeye was likely going to die, so of course he wasn't going to die, like that was the the most obvious non-twist there was, but I don't know why they killed Pietro. Uh, Quicksilver is such a major character to the comics, and he didn't get to do anything. Like, if it was because of Fox or whatever still owning the rights at the time to those characters for the most part, then just don't use them at all. Like, they could have brought in other characters other than the Maximoffs to fill those similar roles, because there's so many enhanced characters they could have brought in any kind of Inhumans, which they already had the rights to. Like, they could have done anything. But I do love uh, the emotion and grief that Wanda shows, though. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen is just so great. Um, and I like Scarlet Witch a lot, so I'm glad she's there, like in later movies. But I think Quicksilver was wasted. Um, we get another great line when Wanda goes to... Uh, goes to Ultron and she says uh, no, he's like he's like you'll die she's like I just did do you know how it felt it felt like that and then she rips out his heart with her magic or like his core whatever so cool but also Wanda you abandoned your post and because you abandoned your post one of the many Ultrons hit the core and the planet starts to fall and this could have all gone really poorly because of that and then Pietro would have died for nothing so like bad Wanda but we're lucky and Tony and Thor are there to save the day and we get like a nice little nod for the Wanda and Vision fans uh, and then a lovely little talk <sighs> excuse me a lovely little talk between Vision and Ultron about humanity and that it's worth uh there's beauty in their failing and stuff like that. And then the movie ends up with uh, an admittedly weaker Avengers lineup as we close uh, being presented. We have it's uh, Rhodey, Falcon, Vision, Wanda, 
Captain America and, and Black Widow, and that's that's the lineup at the end of this movie. Um, initially, they very much planned on having uh, Captain Marvel be introduced in this movie, and that she was going to be part of the lineup there. Uh, they decided not to do that. I'm kind of glad they did. Uh, that's a pretty major character to just introduce like that on a whim. But yeah, we'll take what we can get, and I guess like as we we see in Civil War, they work pretty well together. So you know can't complain too much but yeah after watching this movie again i can still safely say that i like it more than the first one uh i think for me it's everything of the first one and then more because i think it's much better paced like the first one had a really weak second act in my opinion that was quite boring this one doesn't have that it, it, it's better paced through all three acts all the characters are more fleshed out you get to see more about them there's no introductions really other than to ultron and the twins it's you just get to see more adventures of these people that you love and and I really like that and uh the story's good like again I think they they did the thing where they killed they killed the villains too much and they they show Ultron getting away show uh Von Strucker not getting murdered like <laughs> But for the for the most part, you know, I'm very happy with it. And 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 of the two Avengers movies so far, it's my favorite. But if I'm counting uh, Civil Wars, Avengers 2.5, Civil War is the best Avengers movie. But yeah. Anyway, uh, this was Avengers: Age of Ultron. Uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron. As you can tell, I'm very sleepy. Um, I got home from work today. And then I did this. Uh, no, that's not true. I did some 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 chores around the house, and then I did this. So I was very tired. But I wanted to to get it done, and hopefully get it up today, so that I can you know stay consistent. We got to stay on that consistency grind, bro. But yeah. Um, next up will probably be uh, either Infinity War or uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, We'll just see which one I end up doing. Or we'll do something completely random and I'll watch some random movie and I'll decide that, that I want to do that. You know, I like to keep some mystery going. Eric, man of mystery. That's me. Anyway. Yeah, anyway, thanks for listening to uh, another episode of Eric's Mediocre Adventures. Um, this was Avengers Age of Ultron, which I'd give a solid 8 out of 10. And, uh... I look forward to Infinity War and Endgame because those are the two, the two real good ones, real good ones. Right, thanks. Have a nice day. Bye.